CJ Peterson, and welcome to The Journey is Real. We talk to real people with real passions who share a real portion of their hearts. Today, my guest is David Essel, and we titled his podcast, Reach for the Stars, Successfully Meeting Your Goals. Thank you for coming on today, David. CJ, awesome to be with you. Sweet. Um, so when we're talking about your passion, basically your passion is helping others to achieve their goal. What does that look like? Oh, it comes from every angle you can imagine. We help people overcome extreme sexual abuse as children, incest. Um, we help individuals expand businesses to multi-million dollar businesses. We help people change their radical attitude. We help people adapt to the pandemic that we're going into right now. We've been doing so much work with relationships. We'd say probably about 50% of our work from when the pandemic started till now is about saving marriages. It's out of control, CJ. Addiction is up over a thousand percent from a year ago today. So, you know, we've been doing this for 42 years. I, there is nothing in the world I'd rather do than this right here. I'm, I feel so blessed. You know, we've written 11 books. We have a 12th one coming out, 2000 videos on YouTube that are all free. So my passion is about saying, hey, listen, we have the information. I've gone through hell in my life, just like many other people did. 30 years as an alcoholic and a cocaine addict doing the work I'm doing today still. I was doing it when I was an addict and an alcoholic. I know the world of addiction. I've been divorced twice. I know divorce very well. <laughs> and I also know what it takes to have an amazing love relationship. So CJ, the only area of life we don't cover and we haven't covered in 42 years and I will not cover in the next 42 years is politics. Nice. <laughs> I think they can handle that. Um, so you kind of touched a little bit on your journey and we want to go back and do that because dive into that because the journey is real is just the passion is just as important as the journey itself. Can you take us back and kind of bring us forward to where you are now kind of take us along that journey to find out how this came to be and how this became your passion. Oh yeah, you know, I, I was a very angry child, outrageously angry, um, raised by two loving moms and dads that had no idea of how to handle a super sensitive child. And, you know, my gift, one of the gifts that God gave me coming into this world is my sensitivity. I mean, it's incredible. I, I'm outrageously sensitive, but I'm also outrageously dominant. Uh, I'm an incredibly powerful leader. And those are skills I never had to work on, CJ. You know, these are things just given to me. And so I don't brag about them. It's just, I didn't have anything to do with them. <laughs> I was yeah, born extremely- That's how God made you and that's how it works. Absolutely. I, I, I have the you know? same idea. It's like I, I can tell usually when I walk in a room, I can tell the temperature of the room. If someone's angry, I can hone in on them and find them. But mm -hmm. along the same lines, um, I can, my friend called me an outgoing wallflower. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> I can be in the middle of it, but I can zone in on the one person who needs to talk and go find them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and these are, we have, all of us have so many different gifts, but unfortunately, a lot of people never find them. They never look, they never do the work, they never uncover. So, you know, I started out as a very angry child. I was extremely gifted in athletics. So I played division one basketball at Syracuse University, which was like freaking amazing. Probably several of the best years of my life. Fine. But I was an addict. You know, I started at eight with sugar. Um, at eight years of age, I found that if I ate a huge amount of sugar, I could calm my anger. At 12, that turned to alcohol. Uh, I wanted to fit in with these guys on the beach who were 16. The only way I could do it was to drink. But what I found was this amazing relief, CJ, from my anger, that when I drank, I had no anger. That was at 12. At 14, I found pot. Again, awesome. No anger, no shame, no guilt. Where did the anger come from? 
um, unresolved emotions. When, you know, when you're raised in a family that doesn't know how to deal with a sensitive child, mm -hmm. they don't know how to allow the child to express anger, resentment, rage, sadness. It, you know, we come from an environment and a lot of, you know, parents do this, unfortunately, parents have not been trained how to parent, is that when you have a super sensitive child, you need to allow them and ask them questions mm -hmm. to, to get them to express why are they enraged? Why are they angry? Why do they feel insecure? Why can't they let this pain go? Instead, most parents say, oh, you know, you're going to be better tomorrow. Tomorrow's a new day. You're going to be fine. She wasn't the right girl for you anyway. Yeah, we know that she went with your, your best friend, but she wasn't right for you anyway. In other words, most parents have no clue how to parent. And, and that's, that's just a factual statement. It's not a, a judgment. Yeah, if we, we know how, how to parent, we allow our children to express exactly who they are and how they are. Instead, most of us want to sort of funnel our children into what we believe they should be versus who they truly are. Yeah. And when you do that to a kid like that, it's like shaking up a soda bottle and eventually it's going to blow. Oh, totally. And I found that instead of blowing, I could just use drugs and alcohol, which I did for 30 years mm -hmm. as a great way to modify the anger, rage, et cetera. But then, of course, what happens, it doesn't answer the questions and it doesn't Take care oh, it does. It does for sure. Oh, it's the perfect answer. It's the perfect answer. Short-term relief. You cannot beat addiction for short-term relief. Mm -hmm. We find over the years is that most of us are self-medicating because we don't understand what's going on underneath, but it does help. I mean, it actually allowed me to survive CJ. Now, would I go, if I had a chance to go back in time, which I could care less to, would have been a good idea to get help at year one, two, or three, of course, but who cares? It's the past is the past. But we do have to look at that every addiction has a benefit. Now, what we do is we say we take that benefit and say, is it equal to the benefit of being clean? And of course it isn't. But if an addiction didn't have a benefit, no one would ever touch addiction. Mm -hmm. Food addiction right now is up huge in this world and in our country. There's a benefit to it. Sugar, white flour, fat, and salt numb the emotions in the brain, just like alcohol. Mm -hmm. So for the person at night that's sitting there mindlessly eating sugar or salt or carbohydrates or fat, they're just like the alcoholic. The same benefit that the alcoholic gets by numbing the rage, boredom, anger, whatever the emotion we want to, sugar does the same thing. Food does the same thing. So and as we evolve, though, we start to see at some point we're going to hit a crash point, you know, and they call it a bottom. But for me, and there's no such thing as a real true bottom. A bottom is an individual choice. So if you're a food addict, if you're an alcoholic, nicotine, pot, spending addict, whatever it might be, a sex addict, you're not going to change until you hit a point where the pain is great enough. Now, CJ, for some people, a hangover at 16 is a great enough bottom that they never drink again. Mm -hmm. And for someone else, they may have four DUIs, lose their license for life, and it, it's still not a bottom. So a bottom is a choice that we all get to make. When we look in the mirror and we say, I struggle with A, B, C, D, E, every day you have a choice to heal or not. So, you know, in my work as from an athlete that brought me into the world of sports psychology, which is where I started 42 years ago, working with athletes, helping them in their mind to get over things. And then in 1990, 12 years after I started, I finally got a client that it wasn't sports related. And that allowed me to jump into the world of relationships and, and then helping people with finances. And it's been amazing. You know, we have 11 books out now, CJ. I hosted a nationally syndicated radio talk show for 30 years. 
Uh, we were on Westwood One, Sirius XM. I mean, just a blast. As you know, hosting a show, it's nothing but Fun. freaking a blast. Yeah, and you get to meet a lot of people. Um, we're gonna back just a quick second. We'll get to the books and, and the show and all that in just a second. Um, you mentioned that everybody does hit that point before they make the choice to go forward. What was yours? Because you said you were doing- uh, Attempted suicide. Okay. Um, I had reached a point where the depression and anxiety was so great, which was the underlying cause of my addiction is I didn't know how to deal with the anger. For most men, anger and rage turns into depression. For most women, anger and rage turns into sadness and hopelessness or apathy. So for me as a guy, I was submerging my rage and anger, you know, from my childhood to the present moment in 1990. And I finally decided I couldn't take it anymore. So I had made the plans. I got the materials uh, on the day that I was going to end it all. Five minutes before I was going to step on the chair and do what I had planned on doing, I freaked out, CJ. I absolutely freaked out. Didn't know what to do. Back in 1990, there was no internet. I grabbed a phone book. I called every psychiatrist in town screaming for help. Every one of them said, go to the hospital. We can't get you in for four months. I knew the hospital was not the answer for me. So I picked one guy, Dr. Jeffrey Liu. I'll never forget it. 1990, circled his name, tore the phone book page out, went and found his office. I went and sat down and his secretary said, you must leave. He's booked for the day. We can get you in in three months. And I looked at her very politely and said, I will not leave until I talk to the doctor. Good for you. At six o'clock, he opens the door and says, why are you here? I said, because I was going to take my life today and I need your help. And he looks at me and he said, come right in. Good. For the next two and a half hours, he allowed me to cry hysterically to tell my story. And at the end of my crying and storytelling and everything else, he looked at me and he said, we can help you. Oh, then that's the words that wanted just hit you. Just beautiful, CJ. Just beautiful. And, you know, and, and the benefit of all of this is the gift of my addictions and the suicidal ideation and the suicidal attempt. And all, I mean, it's been purely gifts. You know, we work with people that are, have suicidal ideation. You know, we work with people that have a long-term anxiety, addiction, uh, depression, you know, and it's a gift. It's a pure gift for me to be able to share not only my experience, because my experience isn't as important as the solution. You know, I, I could talk about my story all day long. It might help some people, but it really isn't the essence of my work. Mm -hmm. The essence of my work is to let people know empathetically, compassionately, I am with you. We don't have to talk about my story. Your story is why we're here together, but we do want to look at solution. And, and that's the joy, you know, because I've found solutions in my own life, not just through my professional training, but through my own um, challenges that I've had, that I get a chance now to help other people and to, and to share the hope, CJ. You know, there's so many people right now that are hopeless in this world and in our country. And I think hope is a huge thing that we need to hang on to. Yeah, that and a lot of people, especially when we were in lockdown, felt like they were alone. And so yeah, when what the psychiatrist said to you, you know, that's that feeling, you know, that hopelessness feeling when he said that to you probably was just like, oh, wow, I'm not by myself. And yeah. when you meet with different people and you can help them on that level and let them know that, hey, you're not alone. You know, that's that's part of the reason behind the journey is real. There's a couple of different elements to it. But one of the reasons is that people I talk to real people um, to let them know that 
other people that are watching that they're not alone in this this whole thing this journey of life you know there are other people going through this and in the world of social media everything is all sunny and rainbows and roses and unicorns and you know that's what people put forward but what's going on behind those pictures not everybody sees so everybody thinks well everybody else's life is great what's wrong with me and yeah. so you know, social media helps you connect with the people but if you're not transparent you're not going to get any help at all and you're going to feel alone you're going to feel sequestered like i said especially when we were in lockdown especially still now there's a reason why addictions jumped like you said ten thousand percent you know, anything or any issue prior to that point that you had is going to be magnified tenfold when the whole country and the whole world pretty much is in a lockdown. It's, it's just, it's going to happen. Well, and that's why we see the destruction of so many marriages. You know, it's not the pandemic that's created the destruction. It's the resentments prior to the pandemic that were never resolved. And so it's not the pandemic. You know, people say, well, because of the pandemic, we're with each other 24-7. Listen, if you're in love and you have a strong relationship, yeah, you're going to find some stress by being around your partner 24-7 when you're not. But that's not the cause of the dysfunction and destruction of marriages today. The that cause may, is that pe yeah, that people- Yeah, may be a catalyst, but that's not the cause. Yeah, it's not the cause. Now, you know, when, when we work with people and we get them to the, to the reality of it, is that 22, 25, 30 years ago, the crap they're worrying about and talking about today was there in their marriage. You know, it's like, they just never took care of it. So it's going to get bigger over time. With or without the pandemic, it's going to get bigger. Whatever we submerge grows. Mm -hmm. So you have a resentment against your husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it might be, and you don't take care of it this year, Next year, even if you guys don't talk about it, that resentment has just increased in size. The next year it's increased in size again. So, you know, you have to make a decision. You know, in one of our books, uh, a number one bestseller, Love and Relationship Secrets that Everyone Needs to Know, we talk about that 80%, and we prove this statistically, 80% of marriages in our country suck. Mm -hmm. Absolutely suck. People are not honest. They're not intimate. And we describe the definition of intimacy has nothing to do with physicality. Mm -hmm. The true definition of intimacy is being willing to be 110% honest with your partner. Yep. There's very few people that are 110% honest with their partners, you know, That's and you wonder why you don't have the depth of connection. Mm -hmm. It's all right there. Yeah, my husband and I, um, both of us came from divorce relationships. And our one rule is there are no secrets. Neither one of us like secrets. And secrets can kill a relationship. So we don't have any. And yeah. that creates a bond. Like we used to teach youth group and the kids can go from one to the other person and get the exact same answer because we are on the same page. Right. And when you have that type of relationship, the trust factor is huge. When you start to have little secrets, it's kind of like there's a cup of water that represents your life. And there's about half a cup of water and they're just basically living life. Every time something happens that's irritating, you toss a pebble in there and it's like, oh, well, it's out of sight, out of mind, I'll leave it alone. Well, then you toss another one. Guess what's happening? The water's starting to rise and pretty soon one of these rocks is going to tip over that water and it's going to create a huge mess. Yeah, and the pandemic has just allowed all of those resentments to come to the surface, you know? And so now the choice that we tell all of our couples is, you know, you have an opportunity right now. 
the the blind spot has been exposed. You know, the blind spot meaning that you've had resentments you've chosen not to take care of. That's your blind spot. If you want to release those resentments, we work with people, CJ, from all over the world. When you have resentments with your partner or a former partner or your family, you don't, and you should never try to come to closure with anyone over your own resentments. It is the biggest piece of crap in the world to say, hey, I'm going to sit down and be open and honest with you about my resentments. Welcome to the world of chaos and trauma. Yeah, you're you're the one that's holding it. Chances are they might not even have a clue exactly. that, that you even feel any of that. That's, so that's right. Really- so we teach people how to come to closure on their own. Mm-hmm. And it's very powerful and it 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 magically boosts your self-confidence, your self-esteem. When you know you can take a resentment, take care of a resentment against someone else by yourself and get rid of it. Oh my God, you now become a walking, powerful human being versus most of us that say, well, that was 30 years ago. I'm not going to think about it. It doesn't matter if you're not thinking about it. If the resentment is there, it's going to show somehow, you know? And so we have to be very, very certain that, especially if you're in a relationship right now, that there are zero resentments against your former partner. And I don't care if they cheated on you. I don't care about that. If you're staying with them, you got to let go of the resentment. Mm -hmm. Even if they're the ones that cheated, it's up to you to let it go. It's not up to them. They can't let go of your resentment. That's all yours, baby. So we think about these things, you know, and we work with couples all the time. They'll say, well, you know, he did this years ago or she did that. And I'll say, hey, either learn to let go or get the hell out of the marriage. It's not worth staying. And CJ, that's one of the reasons that 80% of the relationships suck in our country because people aren't willing to do the work to get clear and to be clean and on the same page. Gotcha. Now you mentioned some of your books. I want to make sure we get on that before we hop off of here. Um, You said you have 12 books and other ones coming out soon. What are these books? Where can they find them and what's in them? Yeah, well, you know, I I won't go through all of them. I'll go through our top sellers. Um, the, the, The number one book that broke everything open, I wrote for 22 years, CJ, without any recognition as an author. Let that sink in. Yeah. 22 years writing books, we minimal sales, no recognition until the book that people said is probably going to kill my career came out five years ago. It's called Positive Thinking Will Never Change Your Life. Capital never, but this book will. And so what we did was we realistically destroyed the law of attraction. We realistically destroyed the secret. And we said to people, that's all kindergarten stuff. And I can say this, CJ, because from 1980 to 1996, I used to teach the law of attraction. And it's a bunch of crap. It doesn't work. Put out all the thoughts you want into the universe. You're not making a million dollars tomorrow. Your soulmate isn't popping in Saturday just because you put freaking thoughts into this universe. So we, when we released that book, people were saying, well, you're going against the secret. You're going against the law of attraction. You're going to get trashed. It was the first number one best-selling book we ever wrote. Jenny McCarthy, a great story about my friend Jenny. Um, now, this is when she had her Sirius XM show. She just let go of it this year. But she had me on the show. And the very first time she said to my publicist, TJ, I'm not sure David is right for the show. I'm a huge fan of the secret and the law of attraction. And TJ said, oh, just give him a shot. You'll love him. So Jenny McCarthy is by far my favorite host in the world. She is outrageously intelligent. She is so well-prepared, CJ. She is funnier than hell. She's gorgeous. I mean, she's got it all, even as a radio host. She's, so we walk in the studio. She was so welcoming. She was so loving. 
and we sat down. This is how she opened the show. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be a little different of an interview. With me today is a guy named David Essel who says that positive thinking will never change your life. Now, before I have David speak, I got to tell you, you all know I love the law of attraction. I love the secret. So I'm going to give him three minutes <laughs> to prove me wrong. <laughs> change my mind. You got it, girl. Right. And at the end of three minutes, I'll stop him and I'll give my response. And she looks at me and she's got this big smile. No. <laughs> and she goes, are you ready? I go, bring it on, baby. She goes, go. And I did. And three minutes later, she was shaking her head and she goes close to the microphone. She goes, ladies and gentlemen, I can't believe this. David Essel is the new leader of the positive thinking movement. Nice. He just totally changed my mind. And for all those people that I've told how great the secret and the law of attraction is now, I've got to eat my words, just like David ate his words by writing this book after teaching the law of attraction for 17 years. You know, so it, it was just an awesome. And in that book, we have 11 other writers, very successful people that also at one point thought you could change your life with positive thinking. And then they realized you can't. Now, if you have a positive thought and you get a million dollars tomorrow, that's called a miracle. And I'm all for miracles. As a matter of fact, CJ, I love positive thinking. The first hour of every day, I fill with gratitude, journaling, meditation, prayer, visualization. I mean, the first hour of every day is sacred. But after that, I just go and bust my butt. And that's the difference. You know, when people buy into stuff like the law of attraction and the secret, they're doing it because they want the lazy way out. Yeah. They want to find how to make a million dollars without working, how to find a soulmate without joining a dating site or going on dates or something it like that. Work. <laughs> you know, it doesn't work. No. And then the follow-up book to that, which also went number one, is called Focus, Slay Your Goals. Yeah. And in there, we teach people with a goal-setting program we created in 1996 called the One Thing Theory, very different way to achieve goals. And as a matter of fact, the, that's the book that got the, huge, the biggest award in the world for us bookauthority.org ranked Focus, Slay Your Goals, our book, as one of the top 100 goal-setting books ever written in the history of time, which is freaking amazing. Yeah, it is. And they put, you know, they put us right next to Dale Carnegie. Mm -hmm. Good job. Amazing. I'm, I'm impressed. <laughs> so good Yeah, job. I mean, it, it's the greatest, CJ, it's the greatest gift, you know, and then after that, we've written several other books. Our most recent one is probably our most eclectic. And I, I like wrote a book, <laughs> I wrote a book on erotica oh, and, um, and it's called 50 plus flavors of erotic love. And, um, some of one, one of the, the publicists in Los Angeles called it 50 shades of gray meets therapy. Oh, and it really is. It's, we're looking at love from an alternative point of view and it's all monogamous, but it's incredibly erotic. And so that's our most recent book that just went through the roof. And so we have a blast, you know, I mean, yeah. everything that I do is fun and I want to make sure that my life stays fun. So I keep yeah. doing what I love. Well, and that allows you to live your life to the fullest, which is what we're supposed to totally. do. Yeah, and exactly. Kind of secrets make you kind of live in the dark and uh -huh. when everything's out there, then you're able to live in the light. And so yep. that allows you to do so. Um, we have a few minutes left. But I wanted to do a couple things. One, I'm giving you about two to three minutes for anything you'd like to add. But also, please tell people where they can find you online and spell it. Yeah, really easy. Talkdavid.com. T-A-L-K-David.com. Talk, 
drdavid.com. It's because all I do is talk. It's the perfect name for my website. <laughs> 24 hours a day, it seems like I'm freaking talking, CJ. So, um, but you know, we go there and we have a blog with you know hundreds of free articles. There's a link to YouTube with 2,000 free videos. Uh, you know, you can join our newsletter that goes out every Monday with an article and video of the week. So we just constantly pump out content to lift people's spirits. There, you can find about all of our books. If you want to work with me from anywhere in the world, one-on-one -on -one via phone or Skype, you can just go ahead and send us an email. And, um, and it really is the place to find us, talkdavid.com. It has everything you need. Okay, so you have two minutes left. Anything you'd like to add? Yeah, you know, there is no other time but right now to change. And you can look in the mirror today and deny that you're ready to change. But you don't have to be ready to change. That's a big fallacy. People go, oh, I guess I just wasn't ready to get sober, to lose weight, to find deep love. That's all a bunch of BS. The reality is, is that you have this opportunity today and don't wait to be ready because most people, when they wait to get ready, it's they never much. get ready. It's just an excuse. It's procrastination. So if you need to lose weight, make money, change your attitude, heal your relationship, create a, a pathway to get out of anxiety, depression, insomnia, PTSD, whatever it is, this is the moment. The only reason I'm on the show with CJ is to tell you this, all the other stuff was fluff. <laughs> This is the reality. Today is the day. Reach out, ask for help. And here's the last thing I'm going to say. If you have a major goal that you have not been able to achieve by yourself, stop the nonsense, hire a professional, and get serious. If you haven't accomplished it by now, you're never going to do it on your own. But you will do it if you have someone holding your feet to the fire. Accountability makes a huge difference. Yeah. Good job. Well, thank you very much, David, for coming on. And thank you so much for sharing your fun stories, but also your good words of wisdom. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. And thank you guys for listening to The Journey is Real. If you want to get in touch with David, you can, again, you can find him at talkdavid.com. That's T-A-L-K-D-A-V-I-D.com. And thank you guys for listening to The Journey is Real. We talk to real people with real passions who share a real portion of their hearts. I'm CJ Peterson of cjpetersonwrites.com. Until next time.